Guys, do you understand? Come on, men. <clears throat> and ladies, you get it just as well. We, 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 help me, Jesus. In this series, the goal is for you to have a greater faith for your family, that you really do believe that God is going to make your family better, wherever it is that God is going to take it to another level, that he's going to, that he's going to move. Do you believe that God can move at your house? Do you believe it can get better? Then I, I'm going to tell you, we're going to dive into some troubled waters. And what we're going to talk about this weekend, or, or we've entitled the message, The Rules of Engagement are How to Fight Fair. Now, I know that for many of you, you do not fight. So this message is not really for you, but it's for your neighbors, some people that are in your small group that do fight. I know that you're too spiritual to fight, but there are those. Would you all agree with that? Come on. So we're going to walk through a paragraph in Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to learn what the Word of God says about how we are to treat each other. I want to promise you this. If you'll apply the Word of God to your life, it'll get better automatically. And you say, but wait a minute, preacher, it's not my fault, it's hers. It's not my fault, it's his. It's not my fault, it's theirs. Okay, let's say that's true. Let's say it's 90% their fault and 10% your fault. If you'll fix the 10%, life will be better automatically. Is that right? Well, yeah, but that's not fair. What about, what about them? God's not dealing with them. God's dealing with the person in your pew, in your chair. Amen? And so, man, listen. Now, when I grew up, there were nine houses on my block, and it was like live wrestling every evening. Somebody got into a fight on one of the families on my block, and somebody, it would spill out into the street or the front yard. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Have you ever seen that? And it really was. It was like MMA, live cage match, and live wrestling all in one. So we get popcorn and cups, we'd sit on the front porch, and we watch our neighbors fight. It's entertaining, really. When you watch people, they can be so dumb. It's only entertaining as long as when it becomes it's your family, it's no longer entertaining, is it? But, but so I'm, I'm not exaggerating. We just, every few nights, somebody would spill. I, I still remember the, the neighbors of every house and watch them fight. And so if we're going to be real, then we, we've got to get raw and real at Faith Promise and deal with where we are down in the nitty and the gritty. Because fighting is more common than we really care to admit. Would you all agree with that? Excuse me? It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, uneducated, educated, a believer, non-believer, Japanese, Russian, French, or American. It doesn't matter what generation you're a part of. From Adam and Eve until today, if you have, been, if you have ever been married, then you have fought. If you have ever been in a home with more than one person, you have fought. You've watched people fight, and you've been involved in the fight. It's occasional skirmishes for some families. For the others, it's an all-out war. Some, it shows up like belligerence. Others, is moodiness. Sometimes, it's those night attacks, the terror attacks that happen. You don't know where they came from. And all of a sudden, the world has erupted, and you're fighting and feuding. And it's just, it's just this terror deal that happens. Do you know what I'm talking about? Excuse me. We got one honest man in the house. Everybody else is going to hell. For some, it's guerrilla warfare. For others, it is, it's these cruel methods that we employ against. Now, listen, would y'all agree with this, that your family, you love the people in your family more than anybody else. Would y'all agree with that? Excuse me? All right, because we got to establish a baseline, sure. And so we employ the most cruel methods on the people that we love the most. Is that dumb as a stick? Absolutely. 
We do things like public criticism, fearful threats, intimidation, ugly sarcasm that we say publicly. They say, oh, I was just joking. Liar. Liar. Hateful remarks. Let me tell you what these are. These are WMDs. These are weapons of mass destruction. And it is wrong to have these in a home where people are believers. Now, there's a lot of reasons we rumble. Let's grumble. We can talk, we can talk about why people fight. That's not our topic. We just know that people do. And what we're going to talk about is when you do fight, how to fight fair. What are the rules of engagement? I'm going to give you seven out of Ephesians 4. So I want to challenge you to write these down, print them out, put them on your refrigerator. Let your kids call you out on this. When we were young, if somebody got mad in our house and started a fight or something, we would all, whoever was in the room would start singing, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. And we start singing that. And the person who was mad would get madder. And the rest of us would laugh. And so there were times that me and Michelle would escalate and we would escalate into a fight and all three kids would start, Lord, prepare mom and dad to be a sanctuary. Shut up while I kill your mother and go to your room. See, we, we all know what it is, don't we? So I'm going to give them seven rules of engagement again. Get you a lipstick, pencil, mascara, crayon, something. Write these down and print them out and, and teach your kids how Christians how people that love Jesus when they have altercations, what they do. Number one, are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. Keep it honest. Keep it honest. In Ephesians 4, verse 25, it says this, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Now, what we think is the Bible is how we act at church, or the Bible is how we act at work, but really the Bible is how we act at home. And so what we've got to be committed to is honesty and respect. Would y'all agree with that? Honesty and respect. Listen, young adults, put it in your marriage vows. That, we're going to, that I'm going to be a true talker. I'm going to deal with honesty and respect. Now, the word laying aside in the original language, is an, it's an, it's a, a, the, the verb is past tense. It's aorist. And it means that laying aside is something, a point of action that happened in the past. Where did it happen? In the past. That means if you're a Christ follower, you have laid aside falsehood and you're a truth talker. Now let me ask you a question. Do you know a lying Christian? Okay. So we're not living the Word of God, are we? Because, see, that lying Christian should be an oxymoron like government intelligence. They can't even stay open. And so it, it, that is the deal. See, as Christ followers, are we Christ followers? So listen, you, you grew up one way. You grew up learning, many of you, the wrong way. You, you get older, you get saved, you begin to read the Word of God, and then discipleship is beginning to live the Word of God that you read, not the family that you, came, that you grew up with. The problem is that most of us do what we see, and however our mom and dad dealt with conflict, that's how we're going to deal with conflict. So if they lied, if they exaggerated, if they cuss, if they scream, then that's how we're going to do it. Now, I am so sorry that many of you grew up in a home where you never saw truth talked, especially when there was a fight going on. You saw exaggeration. You never. You're stupid. I can't believe you always do this. Your mother did this. This is you, you. We begin saying things and doing things, that, and we exaggerate and we push it. Does that make sense? See, as Christ followers, we're to be truth talkers. 
Now, the reason that the first year of marriage is so hard, and if you've not been married, let me prepare you. The first year is the hardest year. You know why? Because you lied the whole time you were dating. How's he know? We all do it. You know, the girl looks at her boyfriend and says, hey, I need a new pair of shoes. And the guy says, hey, I love shopping. Let's go to the mall. We'll go to every shop. We can eat in the food court. We'll spend all day. What color, shape, and size? Baby, we're hunting for some shoes. Let's go because I love to shop. <laughs> and then one day he said, hey, sweetheart, I'm going fishing tomorrow. Would you like to go fishing? I love to fish. When are we going? I'll pick you up at 3.30 in the morning. She's never seen 3.30 in the morning. She thinks it only happens once a day in the afternoon. And so she gets up at 2.30, she fixes her hair, she brushes her teeth, she looks good, she packs a lunch, and she sits all day while he fishes. Then they get married. <laughs> and she says, hey, sweetheart, I need a pair of shoes, let's go to the mall. I'm not going to that stinky mall, I hate the mall. She thought she married a shopper dude. What she made was a lazy boy dude. And then he looks at her a little later and says, hey, so I'm going fishing tomorrow morning. You want to go? No, I'm not going fishing. I hate fishing. I'm never getting up at 3.30. I mean, are you crazy? But while we were dating, yeah, I was a liar back then. Because, see, he thought he married a fisherwoman. And he married a shopper woman. You know what I'm talking about? So what we've got to do is we've got to be truth talkers. And when we're fighting, we've got to speak the truth in love. We've just got to do it. Number two, are you ready? If you're ready, say I am. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Keep it under control. Verse 26, Ephesians 4. We're going to walk right through it. Be angry and yet do not sin. Be angry and don't sin. I'm tell you what the Bible says. You know what the Bible says? You're going to get mad. Have any of you been mad this last week? Okay, there we go, yeah. I love honesty. Anybody been mad this morning? Absolutely. Now, Bubba, let me tell you, it's the way not to prepare for church. You got your wife and two kids. You get dressed by yourself. You go get in the truck, and you start honking because you're going to be late again. How in the world does he know? See, she's in there getting herself ready. Then she's got to get your two kids ready. She's got to get the diaper. She's got to get the formula. She's got to get everybody ready. While you're honking the horn, listening to the radio, rednecks and white socks and blue ribbon beer. And you know what I'm telling you? So you're out there honking. We're going to be late. How about helping? And all the women said, come on. So listen, we're going to be mad. But the Bible says, listen, when you're mad, don't sin. Be angry. But don't sin because, listen, when you will those WMDs, when you're mad, you'll say whatever, you'll do whatever, you'll say things that you don't mean, you'll do things that you don't mean, and you'll destroy people and you don't mean to destroy them. Those weapons are deadly when you're mad. They're deadly anytime. Let me give you Proverbs 18, 14. I, I read a chapter of Proverbs every day. Proverbs 18, 14. The spirit of a man can endure a sickness. If you're sick, you're going to get better. But, but as for a broken spirit, who can endure it? And let me tell you what we've done to the people we love when we're mad. We've broken their spirits. We've said things. We've done things. Man, we've brought the hammer down, man. We are just veins popping out, fangs showing, hair standing up. And, man, we are just crushing the people that we love the most. 
the people that we say we die for, the people that we say we love more than anybody, we crush them in anger. You would never treat somebody like that, a stranger on the street, but you'll treat the people you love like that. Are, are we talking truth here, church? We got to get raw and real if we're going to get better. We got to get raw and real. We got to be honest. The Word of God is a mirror, the Bible says. And then we look into this mirror and we see the way we are, and we are not to go away and not change. We're to see the way we are and change and get in line with the Word of God. Does that make sense? But see, when we're angry and we draw back the sword of hurtful words and we dip them in the poison of sarcasm and hey, we shoot those into the hearts of the people that we love, we destroy them. Now, the whole world's mad at Syria, the country of Syria. We're mad at Syria because they, the, the, the president used a weapon of mass destruction on his people, killed children, gassed them with chemical weapons, and the whole world's mad about that. Would y'all agree with that? The world ought to be mad about that. It's horrible. And yet we who love God go home and we gas the people that we love the most. We point a finger at the king of Syria and say, I can't believe what you do. And we go home and we get anger and we unleash onto the people that we love. We intimidate. We terrorize. We, we just, don't, do we do this? We gas them. And then we say, oh, I love them. As we've crushed them. Crushed them. Listen, get some help. We have counselors on staff. We have pastors on staff. Get some help. If this is you, in Jesus' name, listen to your pastor. Life can keep sucking or you can get some help. You can point your finger, blame everybody else all you want. Get some cotton-picking help or you're going to run your family off. Are you with me? I love you. In Jesus' name, I love you. But, man, this is the word of God. Number three, are you ready? You're saying, oh, no, there's seven. Somebody let us out. Lock the doors. Number seven, if when you fight, keep the timing right. There's a time to fight and there's a time not to fight. In verse 26 and 27, it says this, Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Good cow, that's a good word. Man, don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give the devil an opportunity. Don't let your anger just build and build without sitting down like two believers and talking out issues. Man, don't let your anger build. I've seen people bull and bull and bull until when the, when the top comes off, they're divorced, their life is ruined. I mean, they're just, man, it devastates people. Others, man, we pop off, and then boom, we're, we're not mad five minutes later. Don't, man, don't watch your anger. Don't let it build. That's what it says. Now, come on. Don't be angry. Don't sin. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity. So what you've got to do is you've got to pick the right time to fight. Now, we all fight, don't we? Michelle, it's her fault. We all fight. Pick the right time. Don't fight in front of your kids. Say, hey, look, let's talk about this later. Let's talk about this later. Now, that doesn't mean don't ever talk about it. It just means, man, in your small group, don't break red. It's not the place. Nobody in your small group is equipped to handle your crap getting slung all over them. And so, man, don't, don't go in there and break red. Man, I've watched small groups be destroyed because couples come in and just fume and just, man, just, just drop those WMDs on each other and the whole group just, man, just, just break up. Pick the right time. Listen, if you've got a temper, hey, go to McDonald's, have a cup of coffee and talk about it there. Go to Chick-fil-A. Go out to dinner because, see, you don't want to scream in front of strangers. But you'll scream in front of the people you love the most. So go have that fight sitting down with a cup of coffee at Starbucks. 
Because then when your fangs start showing, you'll look around, people are watching me. i got to chill. <laughs> That's what Michelle says, Chris, you have to bear your fangs. <laughs> so, and so, man, not in front of your kids. Because this is the deal, church. Let me, let me, I'm, I'm, this is just raw and real, man. This is the bottom line. I've been in ministry for 32 years. And I've had a steady string of 32 years of students and, and children walk up to me and say, Hey, Pastor, that, my dad that you see at church, that's not the guy that I live with. You have no idea. They're nothing like, hey, they come to church and act one way, and they go home and act a wholly different way. For 32 straight years, I've watched it. And what our kids do is they watch our hypocrisy, right? Right? And they believe that's the way Christians act, and that's how they grew up and act, instead of us getting raw and real. Number four, are you ready? You're saying, I surrender, please, not another one. Number four, keep it positive. Keep it positive. Verse 28. And this is an odd verse, but I'm going to read it anyway. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor performing with his own hands what is good so that he will have something to share who has need. Now, in context, it's about if you're stealing, quit stealing. I want to put it in context of this passage. If you're acting wrong, stop it. If you're fighting wrong, stop it and start fighting right. Quit using WMDs and start using the strategy of the Word of God. Quit lambasting the people that you love. Quit screaming and yelling. Quit being moody. Quit cutting them off. Quit doing this. Don't give them the silent treatment. Don't be passive aggressive. Let's be adults. Man, if there's a mom and dad in the house, let's be adults. Let's talk it out. It's changing our behavior. That's what discipleship is. Discipleship is saying, this is how I act, and this is how the Word of God says, so I'm going to change. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was filled with the flesh, but now I'm filled with the Spirit. I once lived like the world, but now I'm going to live like the Word of God. Amen? I'm not going to act like my mom and dad acted. I'm going to act like Jesus acts, and I'm going to be a full-court follower of Jesus. And so be positive. If there's going to be a fight, no, man, just, just don't have to beat the other person to death. If there's a problem, have some, have some solutions. Staff, if they promise you to come be griping all the time, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. I said, listen, you can't come complain to me if you don't have an answer. Stopped it immediately. See, if you don't have an answer, don't, don't whine and complain. All right, does that make sense? And if you're going to talk to your spouse about something, have a solution. If she's got a nail in her head, tell her, pull it out. Matter of fact, I wouldn't even say anything. I just grabbed him. Kink. <laughs> so, come on. Number five. Are you ready? Keep it tactful. Keep it tactful. It says in verse 29, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those that hear. See, when you're speaking, you ought to be given grace. Now, now keep it tactful in the words that you say, the word unwholesome. Let know what kind of word? Unwholesome word. Come out of your what? Mouth. See, unwholesome means putrid or rotten. Now, my son Zach bought a house. And there's a lot of work that's got to be done. Fix your upper. And so we were over there yesterday, and there was a box of pizza that had been in the garage for two weeks. He opened it up. It needed a haircut before you could eat it. The green hair was about that tall. Is nasty, is rotten, it was putrid. Would you eat that pizza? Would you walk up to a barrel of apples that the green flies are swarming around, the apples are rotten, they're mushy, they're putrid. Would you eat those apples? No. See, we don't want to put putrid in, but we'll let putrid come out. We don't want to eat putrid and rotten, but we don't mind 
spewing putrid and rotten onto the people that we love the most. And rotten words ruin people's lives. Look at verse 30. Verse 30, it's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed to the day of redemption. Do not what the Holy Spirit? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. When you were saved, the Holy Spirit moved in. He filled you. He gives you. He's the comforter. He's the empowerer. He's the counselor. He's the guide. He's the glory of God. He's the one. He's the one with you. And when you are fighting and you, when you are fuming and when you are, when you are letting the flesh control you because two spirit-filled Christians can't fight. Would you all agree with that? So the only way for two Christians to fight is the Spirit of God's got to be grieved and the flesh has got to be in control. Those Romans 8, 8, those that walk in the flesh can't please God. So we're not going to fight each other and please God, are we? Excuse me? We have one man going to heaven. <clears throat> so this is the deal. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit in your home. Don't, don't provide a spirit in your home that's going to ruin your kids. That they're raised up where the Spirit of God is grieved. Man, live, let your home be a sanctuary of the Spirit of God, where the shalom of God, the peace of God is. That no unwholesome word is coming out. That the Spirit of God is over you. Man, that you're just willing to say, hey, let's stop and pray. In the middle of a fight, hey, let's stop and pray. Your eight-year-old, he sees mommy and daddy fighting. And, and man, he walks up and says, hey, can we pray? No, get in your room. Is that does that sound like grieving the Holy Spirit to you and grieving the spirit of that eight-year-old who's trying to bring shalom into a couple who say they love Jesus and love each other but cannot control their flesh? Now listen, this is easy preaching and hard living, isn't it? Number six, keep it private. Don't take a swing in public. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Come on, don't take a swing in your small group. Don't take a swing. I've said in this for I've said out in this for you're in this room, we're in small group, and watch couples take swings at each other. Sarcasm and but just bashing the other one. And when you say something, oh, I was just kidding. No, you weren't. You're a liar. Proverbs says, you say this, and oh no, I was just joking. No, you meant that. Come on. Keep it private. There's no rock song that says dirty laundry. Y'all remember that song? Don't air your dirty laundry at church or small group because guess what? The people in your small group can't fix it. Don't air it. Get some real help. We have counselors on staff. We have pastors on staff. But let me tell you what most of us do. If you're listening, say I am. We go to small group. Ladies get together, and some lady and her husband's had a fight, and the ladies get together, and she tells the ladies, he's so mean to me, and you can't believe what he does, and it's horrible, and he's just, and the women look and say, you poor baby, why don't you divorce that sorry, rotten butt? And the guy's in the other room with the guys, they're out in the garage with the man cave, and he's saying, you cannot believe my wife's cut me, I, I, man, I had sex in four months. And she, man, she's sullen up like a big turtle, and she won't talk to me, and she won't do this yet. And the other guy said, man, oh, dude, man, we're so sorry. Punt her butt to the curb. See, this is the deal. We want people to side with us, not share the word of God with us. We want to get everybody on our side so we can feel righter about being wrong. Come on, are you with me? Nobody cares who's right and who's wrong. The relationships trust being right and wrong. Put your big boy pants on and grow up. Are you with me? But what we do is we tell all our friends, hey, we don't want our friends to help. We want our friends to agree. So where's the word of God? Where's somebody looking at you and saying, hey, dude, why don't you just repent? Get right, man. What a carnal dog you're acting like. That wife is the, it's God's gift from your youth. 
Man, why do you want to talk about her like that? Why don't you get on your knees and repent? See, we don't talk like that to each other, do we, men? But we ought to. See, I'm not looking to be on somebody's side. I'm looking to be on God's side, the Word of God, the truth of God. Amen? Listen, quit looking for somebody to be on your side. Look for somebody that will speak truth in your life so that you can be transformed by the Word of God because none of us live Ephesians 4 all the way, do we? Listen, you want it deep? This is as deep as it gets. That's good preaching whether you know it or not. I'm just telling you, man, this is the deal. It's the bomb. Let me give you one more. Unamas, one more. Keep it all cleaned up. Keep it cleaned up. Verse 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other. Isn't that good? Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. By the way, you were a chump. You were sinful and you were hell-bound. And you had, you had wronged and done all these things. And God forgave you for all these things. Now you have a new heart and you're a Christ follower. Now be a forgiver. Now be a tender spirit. Now be loving. Now be a, a, a Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. Because wasn't the cross all about forgiveness? Was Jesus wrong? No, he was perfect. But he took all of our sin, didn't he? And he put it on his shoulders. And he climbed on the cross, and he surrendered his spirit up, and he died for us. He was not wrong. He was right. But he cared about the relationship more than him being right, and he died for us. See, we want forgiveness, but we don't want to grant that same forgiveness. Are you with me? And be a forgiver. Be a forgiver. Because, I'm listen, if you're not, it's going to go to the next generation. I'm, let me just be real transparent. Four weeks ago, on my back deck, myself, Micah, and Zach, and Rachel and Michelle. And you ever get around, start r- reminiscing. You know what I'm talking about? You start talking, man. So we're talking. So Micah, who's the family comedian, begins getting on a roll, telling stories about me. Well, everybody's just horse laughing. It's so funny, man. He's just rolling. It's funny. And Dad was mean, and he made us work like he made us work like slaves. And everybody's laughing in the longer he talked. I smiled, I laughed on the outside, my heart was absolutely being crushed. I just was, man, the more he talked, the the more remorseful I became. Not at him, at me. See, we get mad when people point things out to us when we're wrong. (laughs) And so, man, I I didn't know what to say. The next day, I was was coming in from my quiet time, and Michelle said, well, what did you think about that conversation last night? And I said, I still don't know yet what to think. So I really don't want to talk about it yet. I haven't processed through what happened. Now, the kids didn't even notice it. They didn't even see it. So about two weeks later, I finally got a grip on it. And I sit down with Mike and I say, we're going to have a conversation. And I said, man, first off, I need to deeply repent before you. That you have, and man, when I said that, I mean, I'm not a, I just don't cry a ton. And I just begin to weep. And I said, listen. I grew up with a rageaholic stepdad. I was afraid of my stepdad, and that's what he said. I love to be with you, Dad, but I was always afraid. You'd throw tools or get mad and scream and yell, and, man, it always made me afraid. And that's what I grew up with. And if the la- listen, the last thing I wanted to do to my son was do what was done to me. Does that make sense? But you know what I did? I did what I saw, and I treated him the same way. And I said, I repent, and I am so sorry. I said, I'm sorry, first off, because I was wrong. I'm sorry, second off, because of how I treated you, and I made you afraid of me, and I'm sorry, third, 
because you're going to treat my grandkids the same way that I treated you. And it's got to stop here. Are you with me? And I'm just trying to be real, gang. None of us have arrived. None of us are perfect. Listen, the church is a hospital for sinners. I'm not the doctor. I'm a patient. Does that make sense? I have the gift of shepherding. I have the gift of preaching. But I'm no better than, than anybody else. But I want to live this Bible. Does that make sense? I want to live this word. And no matter how you grew up, Ephesians 4 is how you act with your family. And I could throw another thousand verses in there. Come on. See, the cross is all about forgiveness. Now, how do you stop a fight? Let me tell you how you stop a fight. You stop a fight the same way Jesus did. You just surrender. Yeah, but I'm not wrong. Grow up. Grow up. Come on. Grow up. Now, this, this is the deal. How many of you guys say, hey, Pastor, if somebody broke in my house, did whatever, I take a bullet for my wife or for my family. Guys, any guys say that? Any guys in the house say that? Now, let me ask you a question. Listen, you take a bullet for her, but you wouldn't let her win an argument? Get a life. Ladies, I wouldn't want to leave you out. You've been treated badly by some other guy, maybe in your dating relationship, maybe in your first marriage or whatever. You've been treated badly. I'm coming hella hot water. Ain't no man ever going to get it over on you again. And so you're going to make sure that guy you're married to is going to do what you say. You're going to win every argument. You're going to put him in his place. You're going to show him who's boss. And he's the guy you love more than anybody else in the world. Don't love me that way. Are you with me? See, we're talking, listen, you want to get deep in the Word of God? This is deep in the Word of God. This is the deal. The perfect Son of God surrendered and said, I surrender up my spirit. Don't lay this sin against them. And he died on the cross. And he rose victorious. Listen, you surrender, you'll rise victorious. Don't be a sore loser. Don't cut them off, ladies. Well, see what he gets. Don't be moody. Guys, don't be passive-aggressive and pout, soul up in your garage. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit, not the flesh. Amen? Now, I'm not trying to bring guilt. Listen, I've already, show, I've already shared with you my, my heart. This is the deal. This is a place of grace and restoration and healing. So, Dylan, come on back out. Dylan and Debbie are going to sing a song. This is not a worship song. They're going to come. They're going to sing a song, and then we're going to do a couple worship songs. And all at campus pastors, all our campus, you guys come forward, every campus, if you guys will come forward, men and women, that's going to pray for people. Maybe, maybe the Spirit of God has really pounded you that you've been using WMDs, and you just need to come forward and say, hey, I just need to repent before God and before you, and I need you to pray for me because I, I, I do what the pastor said, and I need to repent. Others, hey, you're praying your family will get better. You're, maybe you're single and you're looking for a godly mate. Don't settle. Students, don't settle. You know, maybe you just want to. Maybe maybe you're coming and praying for some friends. You're coming for some other reason, but but listen, there. Maybe you're coming because you need Jesus and you're lost, or maybe you need to be baptism. But these altars are going to be open. Because are we a family? Do we have faith to believe it can get better? Because some of you are saying, Pastor, you've described my house. It can't get better. My house does. I don't yell and scream anymore. I don't. Now, I, you know, I'm not perfect. But, but we're, we're overcoming those issues. 
we're, we're, we're overcoming those. Does that make sense? So together let's, together, let's get more filled with the Spirit of God and more obedient to the Word of God, and let's enjoy the life Jesus bought for us on the cross. So, man, this is the grace place. We're not, it's not here to beat you up. This, I did not know this passage was going to beat us all up like this. I didn't know. I knew after the service last night. And I, knew, I know watching your body language as I deal with these seven issues and watch you look at each other and elbow and poke each other. And I got, I got, so we're going to open this up. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Spirit of the living God, you birth families. So I ask you to transform hearts and lives. Even in this holy moment, as people come and they receive grace and healing and prayer, as we pray for each other, as we confess our sins one to another, the effectual fervent prayer for righteous man availeth much. Spirit of God, fall in this house in every campus, in Jesus' name.